Welcome into We Are SC Game Day. This is Eric McKinney, joined as always by Daryl Rideau and Greg Katz. Uh, guys, we've got a, another road trip this weekend, back-to-back -back, uh, trips for, for USC away from the Coliseum. They're going for the weekender uh, up to the Bay Area to take on Cal. It, it's a 6-4 and four USC team going against a 5-4 and four Cal team. This is a Cal team that they cut off to a really good start this year, 4-0 and to start the season. They lose their quarterback, something that just about every Pac-12 team can say this year. Uh, Chase Garbers, the quarterback, goes down with a broken collarbone. They go 0-4 uh, in, in those first four games that he missed, a blowout uh, against Utah. But they righted the ship a little bit last week. They, they got Washington State at home. They beat Washington State 33-20. And this is with Devon Modster, the backup quarterback, still playing. That's where the question kind of comes in uh, for this Cal team. Who is their quarterback? But before we go, we're going to drop back a little bit to last week. Look at USC's game against Arizona State. What, what we are taking away from that game. It was a 31-26 win at Arizona State. Greg, your sort of big picture takeaway uh, from USC's win in the desert. Well, it was a big win. I mean, the bottom line is you won. And for what SC needs to do, they need to win to keep pace with Utah. I thought it was throwback, uh, you know, oldies but goodies, uh, Dave, when uh, SC jumps out to a big lead, as we're used to seeing in the first quarter, and then they hang on for dear life in the last three quarters. Uh, I think that's kind of the, you know, the, the way it was last year, and maybe Notre Dame was an anomaly. I'm not sure. Uh, this year where they, they put out in the second uh, half, I think that uh, Keaton Slovis said it after the game. He says, you know, we're, we can be so good in the first quarter. You know, that's how we're capable of playing. The question is, is why are they capable of, you know, not doing anything, not scoring a touchdown in three quarters, being really fortunate to win the game? You know, you can say the same thing uh, about Colorado, although with Colorado, they kind of made, made the victory, the comeback. This one, they were hanging on for dear life. You know, there was that pick six that was called back at Arizona State. Uh, there was the dropped pass by the tight end. You know, there was just a lot of things that went SC's way. That's not to take away from the win, but a win is a win. My concern is we really don't know from quarter to quarter which USC team is going to come out offensively against Cal. And, like, I think you, you touched upon it, this Cal defense may be as good as any of them that they've gone against. They're so disciplined. They got a great middle linebacker in uh, Evan Weaver. Uh, I mean, for some reason, they know how to defense, you know, some form of the air raid. They've had like three weeks to prepare for SC in, in essence. They had a bye week to prepare for Washington State. Uh, I watched an interview with um, Justin Wilcox uh, this week, and he said, you know, they're different in some ways, but they're the same in a lot of ways. You can tell that he's, he's not really quaking in his boots to face the air raid. SC's offense, you know, should be a little bit uh, deeper if, uh, depending on the return of Carr and, um, you know, Favai, uh, Malapai. But it gets down to Keaton Slovis, and how much are they going to put on his shoulders? Are they going to throw the ball 52 times a game? Are they going to try to feature, uh, you know, the running backs a little bit more? I mean, it was big news uh, finding out they're not going to redshirt Keenan Christen, uh, which I thought was – you know, it would have been ridiculous if they would have done the redshirted him. I mean, I mean, the guy's the most explosive back they have. He can run between the tackles. But 
kind of uh, wrap it up for me. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens after those scripted plays offensively against that Cal defense because they're rarely out of position. Yeah, Daryl, your, your yeah. big takeaway from Arizona State, again, lo looking back a few days here. You know, it's interesting because, uh, as Coach alluded to, you get off to such a big start or fast start, and you think that, okay, maybe perhaps this is the one game where they're going to click on all cylinders. Um, I, I don't know any quarterback in USC history that could have been started off hotter than Keaton Slovis, throwing for four touchdowns, 297 yards, virtually – the only thing that stopped him was what, uh, just a, a, um, an incomplete pass or so, because the way that he just had so much command and poise. But as Coach alluded to, you go off script, now all of a sudden teams start to make their adjustments. But overall, you see the potential of the offense, and you'd like to think that they could build off of that first quarter. But when I flip onto the other side of the ball, I'm actually – intrigued to see what happens when this group starts to really kind of round into shape and get healthy bodies back. We're starting to see Isaiah Palomaro take control of this defense, making plays in the secondary. Two games now, he's produced an interception. That just tells me that he, he seems to be finding the ball by being in the right position. And on, on top of that, this is probably the first game in quite some time where we've seen, against Arizona State at least, uh, two interceptions. And it came down to, once again, someone like a Christian Rector making that fortuitous uh, turnover at a crucial time. I mean, he's made some big plays in his career. Going back to the Texas game a couple of years ago, I, I, I want to say 2017, when he strips the ball out near the um, – when, when they were pursuing, you know, to, uh, score inside of their own red zone. And it's just having those bodies, that experience back on the field. Perhaps we get, you know, um, healthy bodies on the defensive line. But I'm more intrigued to see Hufanga and Palomaro take control of that uh, safety position and really kind of calm the noise down. And then I'm also expecting a bounce back from the secondary. Uh, Greg Burns alluded to, you know, getting more depth and getting more guys like um, in that rotation that he's starting to feel confident with. But at the end of the day, it's really going to boil down to getting more bodies, more experience back on the football field. But overall, leaving that Arizona State game, USC was very fortunate to, to come away with a, a victory. But when you start to really look at how they played, they actually made some crucial plays. But it's just that dreadful second quarter that they still have to figure out how to overcome. Yeah, Greg, let, let's break down. You got into USC's offense uh, a little bit. Let's, let's look at kind of that matchup. USC taking their offense uh, on the road. So something that, like you both mentioned, that, that was not an issue coming out of the shoot against Arizona State. They, they started hot, uh, went to, you know, a lot to the pass game with what the running back situation has been. Keaton Slovis answered. The wide receivers answered. Going up to Cal, that, that Cal defense is a little bit different than that Arizona State defense. The, this Cal defense has held opponents – I, two, only two opponents this year have scored more points against Cal uh, that, than they have in all of their other games, the, the average in their other games. So Cal does a good job of limiting points. That They'll let you kind of pick up some yards here and there in, in the run and the pass, but, boy, have they kept teams out of the end zone. Oregon scores just 17 against them. Washington State scored just 20 against them. So that is something – uh, that, that is going to be, I think, one of the keys to watch is can USC hammer home touchdowns? Because we've seen times 
kind of all year when you get in the red zone or, or you get uh, a, a turnover down deep like we saw against Oregon and you're not able to punch it in the end zone. If USC can't put up points against Cal, which is something Cal's been very good at this year, that's going to be a struggle and maybe something that kind of catches up with them uh, down towards the end of the game. You're able to build up enough of a cushion against Arizona State where you could hang on. If you can only hit home, you know, 10 points, 13 points early in a game against Cal, that might be kind of a, a danger zone as, as you kind of get through towards the end of the game. Well, you know, I saw a fascinating stat. Cal has given up nine touchdowns in nine games. Nine you know, passing touchdowns. And, yeah. Which and, is certainly where USC has kind of made their money this year. Exactly. And so my point is, is I think that SC has to get off early, you know, because that's when they seem to be at their best is early. If they get into a game like last year in the Coliseum that ends up 15-14, I don't think that they can win if they only score 14 points. I don't think there's a juggernaut, and Daryl will talk more length than I'm sure on the Cal, uh, you know, the defending Cal's offense. But the point I'm making is it's kind of a little bit uh, terrifying to think if SC doesn't score like 14 points in that first quarter and Cal settles in. Remember, you have an eight o'clock at night game. It's going to be at night, it's going to be chilly. It's going to be kind of there in Strawberry Canyon. It's going to be a whole different feel. And, you know, it's going to be almost like a CIF high school playoff night game. And, you know, we don't know what Slovis is going to uh, react to. You know, he's had brilliant first quarter last game. He's capable of throwing three interceptions. Maybe that he's still learning, but there's still interceptions. Uh, you know, I think if SC is going to win, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to, bring out some plays in the playbook that we haven't seen. And, you know, it seems to me that Graham Harrell's a little bit stubborn when it comes to this is what we do and we're going to keep on doing it. We're going to do it right. Okay, I'm all for that. But please, can we have a misdirection play for your running backs? Please, can we have a screen pass? Please, can we have a draw? Something that makes the defense have to respect more than just the passing game. Uh, and I will hope, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll hope they're going to go down the seam a little bit with the tight end, with Kromanoic and uh, maybe uh, Jade Wolf, whatever. Uh, they have to diversify a little bit because if Cal just sees it for the third week in a row, it's going to be tough sledding, in my opinion. And there's some personnel things to, to talk about with the USC offense. You're going to see a new center. Brett Nealon went down with, with a, a calf injury against Arizona State. Justin Diaz came in, played well against Arizona State. He's certainly going to start uh, and, and what USC hopes is play, play the entire game against Cal and probably the following week uh, against UCLA as well. And, and there was no concern from, from Clay Helton, from Tim Drevno, and, and from Justin Diaz as well. No concern about a backup going in at that spot. You, you saw the snaps still kind of flawless, uh, a, a ton of faith in – Justin Deitch, his ability to, to read defenses um, and to call out assignments and all of that. So not, not a lot of concern uh, with that spot, but it is a backup going in and it is, uh, a, you know, it's going to be a new look along the offensive line at that spot. An interesting thing, Jalen McKenzie actually becomes the backup center. He'll, he'll start at right guard as he's played 
uh, virtually the entire season. But he snapped a little bit in high school, and, and he's going to be the guy uh, that would get pulled over there if something were to happen to Justin Dietrich. The other spot that absolutely is going to be, I, I think, the biggest spot to watch for the USC offense is that running back. You mentioned Keenan Christen. There's a chance that both Vavai Malapai and Stephen Carr come back for this game. They practiced on Tuesday. Uh, Vavai and Coach Helton had talked about we're going to see how they feel, uh, you know, going into Wednesday if they practice on Wednesday. They both practiced on Wednesday. So it looks like at this point on track to, to play. And I think just getting more bodies in the backfield is huge. USC has not run the ball as often as I think anybody wants them to. And I don't think they've run it as often as the coaching staff would like to with all of those running backs out, because I don't think that they feel like they can put that many hits on a true freshman in Keenan Kristen taking the ball uh, up the middle and just kind of getting hit anywhere on the field. So now that you can spread those hits around, if Malapé and Carr are truly healthy and can fill in, for me, the, that is big just to be able to kind of churn a few more carries out of those guys, even if you don't hit anything big. The fact that you can maybe give Keenan Kristen a rest and he can have the kind of impact that he had, you know, against Arizona and early on against Arizona State, where maybe he can burst those big plays because you're getting those two running backs in. What, what do you see as kind of, uh, you know, benefits and, and how the, the USC offense changes with those guys coming up back onto the field? Well, two things. One, I talked with Dietrich at center, and it's really, it was not a blessing to lose Brett Nealon. Believe me, he's a good player, a smart player. But Dietrich told me after the Arizona State game that it was like surrealistic being out there. Everything was so much faster. And he said, you know, making the line calls, he, he thought he did okay, but he says, I'll learn from it. The blessing here is that it was an away game. He got uh, enough uh, reps, but now he's going to have to think about starting the whole week. Okay. So, but it'll be a away game environment. Now, in terms of the running backs, I am concerned about that they don't take away uh, from, from Chris Dunn because, number one, he's in better shape now because he's played in two full games, okay? I don't believe, just, just my, my perspective, that you can make three running backs happy, okay? And I believe that they've been trying to do that, and I, know, I think that Kristen is so explosive and such a threat that they should be relieving him. I agree with that. So he doesn't have it all in his shoulders. But he, he's learned he can take a hit. And, and think about this. There's only two games left. And you can't lose either one of them. And the, the luxury is if you have the other two guys ready to go, you can't be afraid of injury to, to Kristen because you got the other two guys back. Uh, the question is, is, how do you divide up the carries between the other two? Now, you know, we could say that, in, you know, in, in a short yardage situation, do you bring in um, Malapai? Okay, well, when do you bring in Carr? It, you know, it, it's going to be a real interesting thing to see how they differ in their philosophy here in, you know, the second to last game as opposed to the first three or four games. Yeah, I, I mean, we saw it seemed like as soon as that running back spot kind of pared down a little bit where you had – you know, Marquis Step as one of the last guys standing, and all of a sudden you start feeding him. It felt like that running game picked up. So I think, I think your point is absolutely a valid one. Does this become kind of a 
a, a little bit of a mush back there at, at running back? Or does it let Graham Harrell do some things that, that maybe he'd been building towards and, and trying to figure out in the run game? But like I think we both mentioned, that is a, a key spot to watch. I'm also – I'm going to watch and everyone's going to watch because you kind of – if you follow the ball, you're going to find Evan Weaver, the, the Cal linebacker. He leads – the universe in tackles uh he, he has a chance he has a chance to set a record for tackles in a season I, this is a guy who has on multiple occasions put up a 20 tackle game uh he is going to be around the ball at all times he can force a fumble uh on a wide receiver after the, a catch he is absolutely a wrecking ball in the run game and when you have a true freshman going up against a linebacker like that, it, it kind of alarm bells start going a little bit. And for me, that is an absolute key. How Keaton Slovis kind of deals with where where is Evan Weaver on the field? And I think that's, you know, could be a, a situation where for Dietrich, that could be a real challenge for him compared to Nealon. Because if you watch, the one thing I, I do like about their offensive line is they're always pointing out things before the snap, who's got what and who's got where. Uh, you know, uh, Weaver, when we saw him at the Pac-12 media day, he's a stud. I mean, he's a flat-out stud. And the thing about him that I like is he's all football. You, you, when you interview somebody, you can tell whether whether they like football or they love it. He loves it. He, and I'll tell you what, it won't shock anybody uh, if he's an All-American, uh, second or third team. I don't know if he's going to be first team, but he's going to be in the mix. I can tell you that. Yeah, and then, and then Cal defensively, the defensive backs, there are a lot of Southern California natives in that defensive backfield, and and you know that they're going to be geared up for this game. You mentioned, and I mentioned too, they just played Washington State. They're all very careful to say USC's offense is not Washington State's offense. They're also all very careful to say that they love playing teams that throw the ball a lot and rely on the passing game. They know that's what USC is. And the ears perked up a little bit, and those defensive backs want to get after it. It's, it's not a team that's intercepted a lot of passes this year. Uh, like Arizona State, Arizona State came in with three. Cal comes in, I believe, with just four uh, on the season. But they, they want a team who's going to throw the ball. They want the challenge of those wide receivers. How do you see you know, USC's wide receivers? We mentioned some injuries. Tyler Vaughn has been limited a little bit. He got hurt late in the Arizona State game. So we'll see if he's – kind of full go or if USC has to throw Drake London into the mix more or even get Kyle Ford kind of coached up to, to get ready to go play more of a full game. But that matchup, USC wide receivers who get talked about by every opposing coach when they come to town uh, against the Cal defensive backs. Well, you know, all you have to do if you're Cal is take a look at the game field against Arizona State. Look at Amon Ross St. Brown. Look at Pittman. Uh, look at London. I mean, they're the real deal. I mean, very rarely can you say that some unit's the real deal. Uh, but this is the real deal. And Cal has not seen receivers like this. And they're going to be tested. It's going to be very interesting to see Justin Wilcox, who everyone thought was the worst defensive coordinator in the history of USC football, all of a sudden is leading, along with Tim DeRuiter. If you remember him, he used to be the head coach at Fresno State. Uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see if they're going to double Pittman. Uh, I don't know if they're going to double Pittman. I, I know this. Uh, SC's advantage is going to be that these are really NFL quality receivers. And I don't think Cal, Cal's going to have to adjust to it. 
yeah, I, I think one of the bigger tests for that Cal defense. But we're, we're going to flip over and talk about Cal's offense against USC's defense. Daryl, bringing you in. And, and, boy, you look at the stats for Cal's offense. And, and I mentioned at the top, different quarterbacks. They've played four quarterbacks uh, this season because of injury. You, you look at some of the stats, uh, 12th in the Pac-12 in scoring offense, 12th in the Pac-12 in, in total offense, uh, 12th in passing offense, 12th in passing efficiency. They're not 12th in rushing offense. They're just ninth. So th this is not an offense that has put up yards. This is not an offense that's put up points. It, it would, at this point, appear that Justin Wilcox is going to take that announcement of a starting quarterback maybe all the way up to game time. Certainly it feels like definitely not before Saturday he'll make that announcement. But your, your kind of overview right now of what Cal does offensively and, and what they're going to bring. We heard Clay Helton say this week, and, and Clancy Pendergast as well, they kind of have started out with a lot of different, a lot of different things, a lot of different looks against Washington yeah. State. They went with some 12 personnel, some 13 personnel. And so it wouldn't surprise me if USC comes out in the field and they're looking across the ball and, and they see something that, that maybe didn't, right. hasn't shown up on film yet. Yeah. Well, uh, again, you, you talked about it. And this has been an offense that's been very anemic. And considering how well their defense plays, I think Justin Wilcox has kind of taken the approach that he's going to be conservative offensively, not take too many risks or chances because he knows how good his defense is. Knowing that if his offense can just somewhat manufacture at least 18 points a game, he believes that he has a fighting chance in every game. But when, when you talk about whether it's going to be uh, Devon um, Monster or, or Chase Garbers, depending on who's going to start, I'm not certain that it really matters simply because even at the beginning of the year when it was more Garber than anyone else, this offense struggled to put up uh, points consistently, giving themselves enough confidence. But they do want to feature multiple sets. They will run 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight end sets. And I think they like that simply because it gives them balance. And off of that, they can throw easy passes, play action pass. You can do boots and waggles because now you have a balanced set. Depending on which way USC's defense starts to lean or favor, it gives them the matchup that they're going to be looking for. Uh, again, this is a USC defense that at times struggles itself to produce uh, pressure. And we saw last week against Arizona State, a fresh, a true freshman a quarterback get hot. Now, is this the game where the Cal quarterbacks get hot? I certainly hope not, uh, because I do think that SC is talented and athletic enough to keep the score down. And early on in games, when um, teams are not as accustomed to playing against a Clancy Pendergast coach defense, they tend to struggle to find necessary holes and windows. But it's when they get when the when the um, the offense, such as a cow's offense, is able to kind of manufacture some momentum by accumulating first downs. That's when things kind of get interesting. But I do expect Cal to show a lot of 11 personnel, maybe even get in some bunch sets to see how smart USC is. Have they fixed some of the uh, issues from their past, Eric, or will we see a lot more um, fly series? motions across and really force USC to have to communicate defensively. And, and USC just went up against an Arizona State team that has Eno Benjamin in the backfield. Eno Benjamin is a better running back than Cal's Christopher Brown Jr. But, but Brown is very good, very physical. He can break tackles. This is not like a massive step down uh, in terms of running back. So it wouldn't surprise me if USC's game plan is, is very similar 
to what they threw out against Arizona State, especially when they found out uh, that Jaden Daniels wasn't the starter and you didn't really have that scrambling threat at quarterback. Both the Cal quarterbacks can run a little bit, but they're not, you know, one of the two or three best, you know, scramblers in the Pac-12. So right. I, I would certainly expect a lot of kind of selling out against the run um, uh, against this Cal offense. And then what have you seen from the secondary? Can, can they hold up? Because like you mentioned, an Arizona State true freshman quarterback that was not Jaden Daniels, that had right. no experience coming in, kind of picked them apart a little bit. What, what, is, what do they need to adjust? Because Cal does not have kind of the, the wide receiver talent that Arizona State had. So it feels like if you load up against the run and can sit back and play some man coverage with your corners that, that you'll be okay. Right. But it also feels like the SC corners need to step the game up a little bit from what we saw against yeah. Arizona State. And when you, when you talk about Cal's receivers, um, they are anemic. Not a lot of scores uh, through the air, you know, led behind Jordan Duncan. Um, they, they like Nico Remigio, uh, one of the running backs out of the backfield, just to kind of create that spark. But across the board, they're not getting enough production. So when you talk about the matchups, I like Elijah Griffin on Duncan. One-on-one -on -one man coverage. And if he can hold up, that allows for Clancy Pendergast to play a lot of games because what he truly wants is those safeties to be active in the running game and, and really to, to try to disrupt some of, some of what Cal would like to do. But it all hinges upon uh, USC's ability to hold up defensively in man coverage. If they're able to do that for long spurts and get off the field three and outs, I think that later in the game, you'll find them fresh. But if they struggle, expect Clancy early in the game to maybe feature a lot of two, two high safeties, some cover two with some quarter, quarter halves. We call that cover four. It's really a zone technique that kind of gives you the illusion of man, but it's a lot of read techniques. That's where USC struggles most. It's that lack of communication because they've had so many different um, combinations in the secondary that that's where things kind of fall apart. And let's face it. Uh, there's been a rotation of the, at the cornerback position simply because you're trying to keep healthy bodies and fresh bodies out there. And so for, for USC, if they're going to be successful, they are going to have to clean up some of their technique uh, issues that they had last week. They retreated a lot in press coverage, meaning that they started in press coverage, but they backpedaled and they hinged, opened up the gate and gave free releases. They have to stay there and force those receivers to be rerouted. But I do expect that this is going to be a bigger tight end game. I think Cal is going to like their matchups with USC safeties hovering around the line of scrimmage. And it may be two ships passing in the night because they simply don't respect that part of Cal's game. And when you don't respect that part of someone's game, that's when you tend to get exploited. Yeah, th this seems like maybe the first time in a while that we know should know at least that that whole secondary is going in intact and together. And this week, Clancy Pender has mentioned that having so many guys and so many kind of random guys, it's a spot here, a spot here, a couple guys there being out for different periods of time. It really does hurt communication. And when you don't know exactly where that guy next to you is going to be right. with just a quick check or a look or, or something like that, it kind of hurts the entire defense uh, against Arizona state. They were without Marlon Tui Pelotu. Uh, they were without Pauliano Teote and we'll see. Uh, if he, he did not suit up on Wednesday, so we'll see if he's available uh, against Cal. But it feels like that, that secondary is kind of back together and playing. And you've got sort of a new addition in cornerback, Darian Hewitt, who was asked uh, to, to 
play against Arizona State late and had a really nice uh, pass breakup. They, they tried to go deep. Dorian Hewitt goes up, knocks the ball away on a, on a really important play late in the game. Um, so it, it does feel like you kind of maybe are going to see some of that ability in that secondary come back. This is absolutely where you're going to need it because can Isaac Taylor Stewart, ITS, play and contend for four straight quarters, or do you want to give him a spell at times? Again, he's someone who was nursing some uh, lower body injuries, and so having Hewitt starting to really kind of round in the form, and it's interesting because as a corner, corners are creatures of habit. It's a rhythm thing. You need to be in certain situations, see certain looks to understand how teams are going to attack you in certain coverages. It's one thing to sit on a sideline trying to live vicariously through the guys on the football field, but it's another thing to actually be in there and kind of get your feel, get that little swag going. And that's what you're starting to see, a rotation of guys. But you talked about it. Everything is going to start with the interior part of the defensive line, from Brandon Peely to if Marlon Tui-Pelotu can give you some serviceable minutes. I like what that's going to bring because now you're talking about just trying to contain the edges with Drake Jackson and a healthier Christian Rector who's coming off arguably one of his better games of the year. Um, but again, it's just opposite of, of um, John Houston. I'm not certain what you're going to get on a week in and week out basis uh, from that weak side linebacker position but it is going to be crucial that they find some type of continuity in a game where we think we will see, like you said, more two tight end sets, perhaps more rush or running sets to just take pressure off. But this is the game. If I'm given a prediction, I think it will be a low scoring game. I think USC's defense can pitch at least for a good two and a half, three quarters, somewhat of a shutout. But again, if they give up one of those loose plays and they score 18 points, that may be a tough, um, uh, you know, too many points to overcome against a very stout uh, Cal defense that where other teams went to the 3-4 defense just to give USC a different look, this is the team that features it. And when you go up against a team that features it and understands its strength and weaknesses within, that becomes a, a, another challenge for that USC offense. Why don't you just keep going? Give, give us the prediction. We'll start with you on, on this game. <laughs> Again, I do think that this is a game where USC coming in with game plans, their game plans appear to be the right thing. And if you go back over the last uh, few weeks, they've really done a good job of containing defenses. Maybe it's because they're giving up so many yards and uh, through the air at times. But for one reason or another, they seem to have figured out some of their uh, – some of their um, – they're blocking schemes in terms of how to contain running backs and try to keep them in between tackles. But again, I do think that this is going to be one of those defensive games. It's a late game and that's an out of pattern, out of rhythm game where I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of guys yawning because they're not accustomed to playing as late as 8 PM for many guys. That might be their bedtime considering that uh, they start 5 AM, probably up at 4 AM to make sure that they can get to um, strength and conditioning in the morning. So you have to factor a lot of those things for this being a late game. But for me, I do think it's one of those games that might be a 17-14 game, and it may come down to a, a non-offensive type of uh, performance, a touchdown on special teams, or perhaps defense scoop and score. It's going to take something like that in, in order to jump on top of Cal. If you are able to jump on top of Cal, I'm not sure that they have enough offense to come back. But if you give them a couple of cheap ones, that defense will all of a sudden start manufacturing some pressure and could give uh, Keaton Slovis a long night. 
So I'm looking at USC pulling off another close one on the road, 17 to 14. Okay, Greg, over to you, your pick, uh, USC's trip up to Cal. Well, it's very exciting. First of all, we know that an hour or two before the USC game with Cal, uh, Utah's going to be battling UCLA and Salt Lake City. Uh, my heart will be there for the Bruins. I've, I'm a 24-hour Bruin fan right now, but I don't see the Bruins doing it. I think that uh, they could surprise us by battling hard, but I don't think it's going to work. Now, the game that counts, of course, is Cal versus USC. I think that if I think SC will score more points, but I agree with Daryl. I don't see how this is not going to be 38-31. But by the same token, you know, uh, let's face it, Cal did score, you know, in the 30s against Washington State. I'm not saying Washington State's defense is, you know, better than USC's, but that's got to give Cal a lot of confidence. When it's all said and done, I'm I'm taking the Trojans. And uh, they need to win because if they lose, they're going to be two games back if Utah wins. Yeah, I, I think that you mentioned the Utah-UCLA game. I, I think Utah wins that game. And looking at USC going to Cal, the, it, it's been sort of all week. I, I've had this thought of, boy, Cal's defense just has a chance to kind of make a few plays. And, and you look at USC's offense and it's like, oh, they, you know, they, they're still in it. They're still in it. and then. They can't quite get it together if there's a turnover here or there. That being said, I, I think that USC maybe found something in that first quarter against Arizona State, and, and I think that they can take that on the road and do well. I think they're lifted by those running backs coming back. I think they're lifted by getting healthy uh, in that defensive secondary. And, boy, I, I would just be surprised if Cal's offense could find enough against USC's defense to win that game. I, I think USC wins. I, I do not think it will be a blowout. I, I think Cal's defense can do enough to keep them in it, but it, it's another, I think, road win for USC, and, and it's going to be similar to a lot of the road games they've played so far. I, I think it'll, it'll come down to something at the end where USC either has to stop Cal uh, w- with USC's defense, or they have to go ahead and figure out a way to run the clock out uh, against Cal's against a very good Cal defense. So we'll see what that looks like. But like you mentioned, if USC can keep, can get a win against Cal, they kind of keep that PAC 12 South championship, you know, th- those hopes alive. Uh, if Utah can't win out um, this week and then they'll play a week after USC's done once USC plays UCLA. So Clay Helton likes to mention, still a lot of football left. It's certainly running out for USC, but they can put a, a positive stamp, I think, on this 2019 season with these last two games. And it starts with this trip up to Cal for that weekender. So for our look at USC's trip up to face the Cal Golden Bears on Saturday, like Daryl mentioned, late night, 8 p.m. kickoff uh, up there in Berkeley. This is Eric McKinney. For Greg Katz, for Daryl Rudeau, you're watching We Are SC.